Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 997 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Rasheen. She is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes and celiac. They're from Canada. And my note to myself says that I go on some sort of a rant during this episode about people not doing their job. So that'll be fun. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. You can drink AG1 with my link, drinkag1.com forward slash juicebox. First time orders through the link, get five free travel packs and a year's worth of vitamin D with their first order. You can save 40% off at CozyEarth.com with my offer code JUICEBOX. That's off of everything. And of course, if you're looking for Dexcom, Omnipod, US Med, Gvoke, Hypopan, or all the sponsors, the links in the show notes are a great way to support the podcast. Links in the show notes, links at JuiceBoxPodcast.com. And don't forget to check out the private Facebook group. It's absolutely free. It has 41,000 members. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Links also in the show notes. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored. You hear that thunder? Can you hear that? Hold on. Uh oh. Scotty's in trouble. I better do this quick. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash. Learn more, get started today at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. When you use my link, you're supporting the show. The podcast is also sponsored today. By the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter, contournext.com forward slash juice box. The meters are available right there on the website. Actually, the test strips as well. The reason you might care about that is because the Contour brand of meters and strips may very well be cheaper in cash, like over the counter, out of your pocket, than they are through your insurance. Check it out at contournext.com forward slash juice box. My name is Rasheen, and I live in Canada, and I have two kids who are six and eight, and my eight-year-old, I'll use his first name, David, he has uh, type 1 diabetes and celiac disease. He got the celiac diagnosis in February 2020, like a couple weeks before the world shut down for COVID, and then he got the um, T1D diagnosis literally a year and three days ago. So January, 2022. Thank God you said your name because. Yes, I know. (laughs) It is not spelled like that at all. (laughs) No, that's, that's, uh, that's Gaelic for you. (laughs) Say it one more time for me. Rasheen. Got it. Yeah. I'm never going to look at where it's typed out in front of me again. Nope, don't. It'll just confuse you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what's the most common mispronunciation? Rosen? I get Roizen, Roizen? Okay. a lot, and uh, I also answer to Raisin, because if you change the O to an A, it spells oh, Raisin. Oh, look so at that. It, that. That was a fun thing to grow up with in Canada. <laughs> I'm just a pair of reading glasses away from calling you Raisin, aren't I? Oh my <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. oh, Jesus. And in Canada? W- yes. And you were born and raised? No, I was born in Ireland, but I moved here when I was six years old, so I'm... Oh. Canadian at this point, essentially. Well, I was going to say, you're 
you don't have almost any Nothing. accent at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought maybe you just that you were born there, but I mean, six is pretty young. So yeah. Okay, well that uh, explains all the autoimmune stuff, and uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know if we can move the sun towards that part of the world or something, but I think if we, I don't know, we we need some help. I don't know <laughs> if, we, if we could, maybe in a couple of centuries, it wouldn't be going like this. Maybe. Okay. So how about in your family line? Any other autoimmune stuff? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got a few. So on my dad's side, his aunt, we believe she had celiac disease, but like this was, a million years ago. And I don't know if they would have even called it celiac disease, but she lived on a farm in rural Ireland and had to like ship special flour in to bake with because she couldn't eat regular flour. So we think that was celiac. And then his uncle had type one diabetes, but he died in the eighties before I was born. So I don't know how he managed it. And then my mom has celiac disease, but she wasn't um, diagnosed until her 40s when I was about 20. And I never knew of the connection to type 1 diabetes. But then when my son started having some like abdominal problems when he was five, my brain just kind of went, oh, celiac, I should get him tested for that. Mm-hmm. And I called up the doctor and she was like, oh, it's probably not like you're probably being a hypochondriac, but fine, fine. We'll test him. And then she called me back a few days later and she was like, his numbers are off the charts. It's definitely celiac. You, you got to go gluten free right away. So that's, uh, yeah, that's how that went. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, good job figuring it out so quickly and not ignoring things that were obvious, which a lot of us do. Um you yeah, know. well, if my mom wasn't celiac, I never would have I never would have thought of it or known about it or whatever. No. So Well, yeah, I know, but I've spoken to enough people whose like siblings have diabetes and they're like, I didn't realize I had diabetes for a while. Oh. You know. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how your your mind will want to lead you away from things you don't want to happen, you know. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and actually I, I only found out recently I had something when I was a kid called Hen- Henoch Shanlin Purpura. And I always knew I'd had it when I was a toddler. My parents have told me about it. It was in the hospital and stuff. I only found out recently that that is autoimmune. So I had something autoimmune, but I didn't realize until literally two or three weeks ago that it was autoimmune. Hey, so you made that up, right? What is that again? <laughs> no, I know. It's, uh, it's called Henoch. It's H-E-N-O-C-H. And then Shanlin is S-C-H-O-N-L-E-I-N, uh, Purpura. I got it. P-U-R-P-U-R, you got it. Yeah, it's uh, IgA vasculitis. So it's it's an autoimmune response. I had the mumps when I was just, just before I turned two, and that was my autoimmune response. But I didn't know, and my parents didn't know. Like, I told them recently that that was autoimmune, and they were like, oh, gee, nobody told us that. Hmm. So... Dis- I don't even knew. Maybe they didn't know back then it was autoimmune because this this would have been like 1984 or something. You know? Did they ever call it spring fever? I've never heard that. No. A disorder causing inflammation and bleeding in the small blood vessels. I don't even want to try to Henoch. I mean, what's the word in the middle? There's two dots over now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Purpura affects the small blood vessels of the skin, joints, intestines, and kidneys. It's most common before age seven, but can affect anyone. Symptoms include reddish purple spots on the lower extremities, 
swollen and sore joints, abdominal pain, and bloody urine. It's often mm-hmm. often treated with steroids. Do you remember having it? No, it was like it was before my second birthday. Oh, I'm it was sorry, just before yeah. I turned two. Yeah, you'd be amazing parents, if you remembered that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My parents said basically one morning, like I was the kind of kid who used to come and wake them up at 5 a.m. every day. And one morning they woke up and it was like seven and I hadn't woken them up yet. And they came to my room and I was just sitting there and they're like, what, are you okay? Like, what's wrong with you? And I was just like, oh, I can't walk. Mm. Like, I can't walk anymore. And it, cause it causes, it can cause like arthritis and stuff. Yeah. So I basically hurt too much to walk, but you know, being two, I was just kind of like, oh, I guess, I guess I can't walk today. Yeah. You guys can't spell and I can't walk. So, um, yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. How long did that last for? I think I was in the hospital a couple weeks. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back then they kept people in the hospital way longer too. So I don't know. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, once it resolved, it was done and I never thought about it. it. You know, nobody ever really thought about it again. It's just like a funny family story. That time <laughs> Rasheen couldn't walk for a few weeks. Does everyone remember the hilarious time the baby couldn't stand up? Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, you're, hold on a second. And it's autoimmune? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Okay. So- I, I literally found that out like since Christmas, I found that out and it blew my mind because I always figured the autoimmune had skipped me and gone to my son. Mm-hmm. And then I found that out. I was like, oh, no, it's it's a direct link. There we go. <laughs> well, we're going to add that to the list. I'm doing a series of... A master list. Yes, we're doing a short series of other autoimmune issues. Nice. Just a, an explanation. They, they literally might be, you know, 10-minute conversations. Right. But yeah. just, you know, as people come on, the more common ones are are becoming obvious. Like I used to hear like, oh, well, thyroid and type one, and that's it. And then, you know, through the podcast, it was celiac as well. And then, you know, like now I'm starting to hear more people talk about like depression, bipolar, stuff like that. And I just thought like, I wonder what else people have that they would never relate back to this inflammation Mm -hmm. and autoimmune. Exactly. Anyway. Well, and you've had never had any other issues. No. How about that? No. All right. So your son, David, he's diagnosed celiac first. Yes. And it's just two years before stom- mm-hmm. stomach pain. You recognize it, take him to the doctor. That's that. And do you think after that, oh, he's going to get more autoimmune stuff or does your brain not work that way? At some point on your diabetes journey, a person gave you a blood glucose meter. Did they say to you, hey, this is a great blood glucose meter. It's one of the most accurate ones that they ever made. No, no, no one said that. Did they say, by the way, there are other blood glucose meters. You might want to look into it. I'm just going to give you this one because I have it here in the drawer. Nope, they didn't say that either. They just gave it to you and you thought, well, this must be my blood glucose meter because the doctor gave it to me. But there are many meters and they're not all made equally. You deserve an accurate, well-made and easy to use blood glucose meter. You deserve The Contour Next One. The Contour Next One is my favorite blood glucose meter. I know that's a strange thing to say, but we've used a number of them over the years, and this one is my favorite. Why? Bright light for use at night. The screen, super easy to read. It's manageable, and by that I mean it's a good size. It's not too big, it's not too small, and I love the way it fits in my hand. 
it's sort of um because of the shape, which you'll see at contournext.com forward slash juice box, almost feels like you're holding a like a pen in your hand. I don't know how to put it exactly. You'll see when you get to the website. But the Contour Next One blood glucose meter is incredibly accurate. But you might be worried, Scott, all this accuracy. Uh, is it more expensive? Am I going to be paying a bunch more money? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, if you go to contournext.com forward slash juice box, you can actually buy it right now at a number of online venues. Walmart, Amazon, Walgreens, CVS, uh, a list goes on and on. Target, Rite Aid. And so when you get to my link, check it out. Because you might be able to save time and money buying Contour Next products from the convenience of your home. What am I saying? Well, I'm saying that it's possible that this meter and the test strips could be cheaper in cash than you're paying right now through your insurance company for an inferior product. How crazy is that? You owe it to yourself to be using the best equipment that you can. And there's no reason not to check out the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Contour Next dot com forward slash juice box. My daughter Arden has been wearing an Omnipod since she was four years old, and she is now 19. That is every day wearing an Omnipod for the last 15 years. I think what we love most about Omnipod is that it doesn't have any tubing. But, uh, I don't know. Is that the thing you love most about it? You don't have to take it off to swim or bathe. You can leave it on for activity and exercise. It's small. I don't, I mean, it's so easy to put on, right? To fill it and to put it on. It's just, it takes us no time at all. Um, yeah, I guess it's hard to figure out what my favorite thing about Omnipod is. I guess I'll just say that my daughter loves it. It's easy and it's worked for her for so many years. It's just such a friend in all of this. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You can check your coverage there for your insurance uh, or take a test drive, right? Would you like a free trial of the Omnipod? You can do that there as well. And you can just get started. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now you have a decision to make. Do you want the Omnipod Dash, which is an insulin pump where you make all the decisions? Or do you want the Omnipod 5? Now the Omnipod 5 is the first and only tubeless automated insulin delivery system to integrate with the Dexcom G6. And it's available for people with type 1 diabetes ages 2 years and older. It features smart adjust technology, and it's going to help you to protect against highs and lows both day and night. That's an algorithm-based system, making decisions about insulin, giving it, and taking it away. It's pretty damn cool. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you use those links, you're supporting the production of the podcast and helping to keep it free and plentiful. No, I I had no idea the the links, but I have to like I had we had an amazing gastroenterologist. We spent a year sort of on the program at our local kids hospital with gastroenterology, you know, and we went every few months and checked his levels and made sure we were managing the gluten-free diet and that kind of thing. And then literally like a year later we did really well. His numbers were off the charts. Um at at first, his number, they give you like a value, a greater than value. Mm-hmm. So his numbers were at 4,975, like greater than, huge. And then a year later, his numbers were at 21. And basically, they want you to get it to 20 or lower. So we were doing great. But the last thing she said to us before she sort of discharged us to self-care 
She was like, oh, by the way, there's a link to type 1 diabetes. So if you ever notice A, B, and C, make sure you check on that. And I just kind of went, oh, yeah, whatever. Okay. Lady, I just beat celiac disease. So I'm just going to leave now in triumph, if you don't mind. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All all this was handled with just diet, right? Like you got from that big number to that smaller number through diet. How how difficult or not difficult was it for David to make those adjustments? So he was only five, which I think helped. I, you know, I hear about people getting diagnosed celiac when they're like 14 or 15 and they've had a life of eating, you know, Domino's pizza or whatever. And I think that's different at five years, still sort of micromanaging their diet. And also that was like, that was literally a few weeks before the big COVID lockdown. So we, and where we live, we had some of the strictest lockdown policies anywhere. We basically spent the next two years, like preparing all his food. Yeah. So that kind of really helped. He was a pretty, he's a superstar about it. Like once we found a few staples for him, we found, you know, some breads that he liked, some cookies that he liked, some cereal that he liked. We always, I'm, I like to cook and stuff anyway. So I was always, you know, making meals from scratch and that kind of thing anyway. Mm -hmm. Other than eating out, I didn't find it. I don't find it much of a challenge. Okay. Uh, Did Mm -hmm. the whole family adjust or... We're kind of, I would say we're probably 80 to 90% gluten-free at home. I changed, we don't, we only have gluten-free pasta. We only buy gluten-free snack foods. We eat a lot of whole foods anyway, like just fruit, vegetables, cheese, meat, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He has his own bread and his own toaster. We we do have gluten bread in the house just because I have six and eight-year-old boys who never stop eating bread and his loaves of bread are $6 plus a loaf. So... (laughs) Um, you know, there's a few little things like that, that we do have gluten in, but for the most part, we're pretty gluten-free, I would say. Yeah. How's the healthcare system in, I don't know, like just generally speaking, what part of Canada are you? We're we're in Ontario. Okay. There's, it's it's so interesting. Like there'll be some people in some parts of Canada who are like, you know, I needed to go to the doctor and it took nine months for me to get an appointment. And then there are Mm -hmm. some people who have stories like yours are like, oh, took the doctor, blah, 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 bang, bang, bang. You know, like it's, it's super interesting, but it, it's by province, right? Like it, that's how the province and even, even region, like Ontario is kind of, we're kind of a weird province because we have some of the most populous cities in Canada, but then the Northern parts of Ontario are like very rural and very sort of, you won't have the same access to services and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm lucky. I live in a major city. Uh, you know, the children's hospital is a half hour drive for us. And I'm lucky that we have a family doctor, have a long-standing family doctor. Now there's like a big doctor shortage. So if you don't have one, it's really hard to get on a caseload somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, we took away mm-hmm. the uh we took away the possibilities for doctors to be rich and a lot of greedy people were like, I don't want to be doctors anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think the pandemic has just burned out a lot of them too. And yeah. they've gotten out of out of the practice or gone to places where they can make more money. Mm fascinating isn't it like i don't have a job where mm-hmm. i can just go like i'll just come in and go do something else now like i, yeah. I want I wonder, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what that's like, like i don't want to do this yeah. anymore like not that maybe they didn't have a good reason i'm just saying like like that's oh yeah, yeah yeah an amazing ability to be able to like i'm just gonna go do something else now like i'm gonna pick like, up and leave now yeah. yeah i somebody asked me the other day like you know if the podcast like just collapsed would you start another one i was like you have no i, I, I was like <laughs> I was like, this is a once in a lifetime thing that this worked out. Like it just, you don't just go make another one and people are like, oh, okay. Well, 
we'll make we'll that listen one, to your next one. Yeah, we'll make that one popular too. I'm like, it doesn't work that way, you know. <laughs> but yeah, like that. It does sound nice though. Like I don't want to be a doctor anymore. I'm gonna do something else uh, anyway. Yeah. The reason I asked about that is because once David's diagnosed with type one, I'm I'm wondering if they went right into fast acting, you know, insulin with. And yeah, no, that's like, I have that on my list of things I want to talk about. With okay. You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, what's the first sign of type one? You, and when you saw it, did you think, oh, that nurse jinxed us? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, no, he, so school was shut down for COVID at the time when his symptoms started coming up, which like, in a way was a blessing because I was with him 24 seven. And mm -hmm. so I really got to, I saw the progression, you know, right. He was doing online school at the time and I'm, I'm a stay at home parent. So like I was supervising him and my other kid, they were, you know, in different rooms on their iPads and I was making sure they had snacks and drinks and they were paying attention to their teachers and all of that. And, um, he started like going to the bathroom all the time and refilling his water bottle all the time. And my husband and I were just like, David, get back to class. Like we know virtual class is boring, but like you have to do it, just do it. So stop, stop trying to get out of it every five minutes for a drink of water or a bathroom break. And that's all we thought it was at first. And then he was also just eating like ridiculous amounts. And he's always been a big eater, but like I started taking pictures of his plates and sending them to my friends and being like, haha, growing boys, look what he can eat. He's only seven. And then, you know, a couple little things started clicking and I remembered that conversation I'd had at discharge with the celiac. And I was like, oh no, like this can't, no, this can't be it. Yeah. And then I actually, I have one of my best friends, her daughter has type one, her daughter, who's the same age as my son, but she was diagnosed at four and I, I was texting her and I was like, I, I don't know, what do you think? And she was like, why don't you just come over and use my glucometer? And, you know, like, it's probably nothing, but we'll check and then you'll know. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So I brought him over one Saturday morning. He just had pancakes and maple syrup and we pricked his finger and it just read hi. Mm. And my friend and her husband, they both kind of got tears in their eyes and just looked at me and were like, yeah, you got to go to the hospital. Mm. And that was that. Yeah. Did you get that maple syrup right out of a tree or did you buy it in a store? No, I, I am not uh, very handy that way. I'm straight from the grocery store. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it's it's hard to hear that, or or I guess, look, I put myself in your position, but um, it, it must have been difficult to see them get upset. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they both, yeah, they both teared up right away. And I was just like, oh gosh. And I, you know, I'd seen my friend go through it. So I knew it was hard, but you don't know how hard until... It's you. Yeah. I was just going to say that. I was going to ask the question, like, did you, do you look back now and have more context for the sadness that they had? Or, you know, did you know? Oh my that? God. Like a couple of weeks later, I messaged her and I was like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't there for you more. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't come and like, I don't know what I could have done. Like cleaned your whole house and done all your laundry and taken care of your other child. I'm so sorry. I didn't do that for you. Cause now, now I get it. Yeah. Now, now mm -hmm. <laughs> because now you're looking at your laundry and you're I'm I, like, I need someone to come do this for me because I was up all night with a low blood sugar, you know? I remember <laughs> I remember the moment I'm I'm so much older now, but I remember the moment when you make that decision in your head, you're like, Okay, laundry's not always going to go from the hamper 
through the system and right back into drawers. And we're all going to be okay yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all just going to be okay with that. My wife, We have enough clothes. <laughs> yeah, my wife fought the longest. She's like, they can't lay around like this. I was like, well, I don't know what it's you think is going to happen. Gonna happen. <laughs> you can, yeah. You can come up here and do it yourself if you want, but that's about it. Exactly. Uh, oh, my gosh. So David getting a second diagnosis, did it yeah. hit him differently than the first one? Uh, you know, in a way, I think having two years of knowing he had celiac and something that was different than most people in his life, that it, it, it almost like laid the groundwork for diabetes. Like mm -hmm. he said something in the hospital ER that just like it broke my heart. It was the cutest thing. The doctor sort of said something to him like, like when he was being diagnosed with type one, like, oh, are you okay, David? Like, how do you feel about this? He's like, well, now, now I have to find a cure for celiac and type one diabetes. I was just like, like my heart broke, you know, oh. to hear him say that, but it was very cute. Yeah. Does he want to do something scientific? I don't think, you know, I think if he could do what he wanted, he'd just play Roblox and Minecraft all day, but <laughs> <laughs> he's got lots of interest. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. I watched my 22 year old son break up with baseball in his head this year and it was, uh, oh. it took a while. Yeah. 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 So just between you and me, he'll never hear this. Does he have a scientific mind so far? Or you don't think so? Oh yeah. No, he's, he's pretty good at science and math and stuff. I think. Oh wow. Uh, okay. If he want, if he wanted to go that way, he'd probably good. Yeah. All right. Well then let's put him on it. I don't know what we're busy with this Roblox. Is that what it's called? Roblox? Roblox. Roblox. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did I make something it's, else it's... up or no. did it actually exist? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, don't don't even bother. It's you. You don't need to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Consider yourself lucky that you're not exposed to the world of Roblox. <laughs> well, listen. I just again to show my age. I was uh, uh, Roly Poly Oly, Bear in the Big Blue House, um, the uh, Little Einsteins. Like this is the stuff my kids saw on television right. when they were younger. Uh, something called Out of the Box, where these two people who appeared to be captives of the um television production crew were forced to sing with children and uh oh <laughs> i mean i always assumed they didn't want to be there <laughs> I, I mean i thought oh i guess they're paying them but they they, yeah. look, they look like captives to me like they were just overperforming. the big faces and oh god now i'm gonna wonder about that all day all right i don't want to talk about that anymore i'm sorry <laughs> i could sing the song it's ridiculous Oh, yeah, that stuff sticks with you forever, yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm not singing the song, in case you wonder, but I, uh, I definitely <laughs> could. So in your note to me, you, you wrote a lot. Yeah, I, I was like a mess when I wrote that, I think. Okay. <laughs> I, I always love when people are like, I don't know what I wrote. It was in a daze. You know, it's, um, you know, some people will come on and joke like, well, I, you know, I'm recording now six months after I signed up. And, yeah, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm always like, honestly... For some of you newer diagnosed people, I think that's too soon. Like I've put people off longer at times because of their state of mind. And I've been like, right. you know, once you've been through this a little more, why don't you come back? But describe that. Like when you reached out, why did you reach out and what felt like the imperative? I, I think I was just like, I was grieving like a lot, you know, like sort of the loss of the life that you think you're going to have for your kid. And I didn't know about anything, you know, like, like most people, like type one diabetes, and you had something to do with injections and insulin and sugar. And I don't know, I thought people with diabetes just sort of gave themselves four shots a day every 
six hours and went on with their life. Like I had no idea. Mm. And when you start to learn that, oh no, it's so, so, so much more than that. It's just very, I think I was overwhelmed. I was super overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm somebody who like really likes to, if I do something, I want to do it well. Otherwise I'm not going to do it. And I don't really have any choice in this matter. I have to do it. So I have to do it well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, yeah, I was just really overwhelmed probably. And you wanted to share it with someone or you wanted to get answers or you had, like, what do you think? I don't know. Maybe just shouting at the universe. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to uh, get, yeah, I don't know, get help, get, get comfort, get solidarity. And then I think also I'd been listening to you a little bit and just sort of being like, how do I get to the point where you are? And like, I realize even, you know, I'm one year in now and you're, I, I don't know how many years you are with Arden, like 16 or 17 or something. It's a, it's apples to oranges. You can't really compare it. But I think at that time I was just like, okay, I need to get to where Scott is and I need to get there by next week. So how do I do that? <laughs> well, I can help you speed up a little bit, but I don't think I can give you the whole 16 yeah. years right away. <laughs> Uh, although I guess the, the podcast is getting to be quite a compendium. Maybe one day yeah. we'll figure out how to do it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Arden was two. She's 18 now. Uh, so right. 16 years. I get, I know the feeling of, of like wanting all the information at once. But the truth is, is like, you know, you get to that the same way. I mean, what's the saying about how do you get to Carnegie Hall? practice it, it, right. you know, so i think it's a, a very similar situation people don't like to think of it that way which is why i usually mm -hmm. talk about it like you know you have to have these experiences over and over again and really take something from them and you know so you can move on to the next one with some like firm understanding and uh, but mm -hmm. it's hard to hear like yes in the day you know what i mean like when the days move so slowly and yeah. and the next day you don't feel like you've made any progress over the day before yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no. But I like I've been having a lot of feelings about that the last week or so because it was David's one year diagnosis date this past Sunday, just a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. And so like a year out now, I'm kind of able to like, like, what was I doing last January, last February? Like, wow, like we have come so far. You know, we're still not perfect. It's progress, not perfection learning new things all the time, of course, but like, I wish I could have gone back to me a year ago and been like a year from now, you're going to have such a better handle on this. Like you won't, you won't be panicking every day. I always like struggle with how to like get that across to somebody like, like yeah. one day. So how do you feel about the thing that I say that diabetes doesn't get easier, but you get so much better at it that some days it kind of feels easy. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the vibe. Like, so you're doing this difficult mm -hmm. thing, but you're so skilled at some point that that feeling is gone. Like, so have you lost that horrible feeling in your gut? You know, there's still moments. The biggest thing I struggle with with him right now is like, he's an eight year old boy who has zero predictability in his activity levels. So like he can go from lying on the couch to sprinting around the house and do the same thing four times in an hour. And we're on MDI. So like, there's no messing around with the basal rates or anything like that. So like, it's one thing when he's in the house with me, I can be like, David, like stop zooming around the house and have a, have a little juice. But then when I know he's doing that at recess at school and I'm watching the Dexcom and I'm like, Oh, I guess he's sprinting around the playground. You know, like <laughs> th those are the moments that are hard for sure. Yeah. 
I, you know, I just, you didn't say you had a horrible feeling in your stomach. I just assumed you did. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really something else. Hey, uh, quick side note, the two actors mm. from out of the box I've now looked into <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and they did nothing ever after the show, which, so maybe they did hate it. <laughs> uh, well, and it ran for six years. They did like 70 some episodes of this children's oh, show. Wow. I found the woman, Vivian, on Instagram, and I, I'm not calling her out. It's just so sad. She doesn't even have 5,000 followers on Instagram, and she's doing, like, Aww. pictures like, do you remember what episode this happened in? And I'm like, oh, you're not really talking to anybody, but okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy, uh, Tony, if anyone listened. Now, I just feel at this point like I owe it to people to go over this. Tony apparently has done nothing professional either, so, you know. Oh, I, just, I, I just Googled it, and... The the image generates some kind of memory in me. Does it? I feel like I've seen it before. Yeah. It's um. What was it? Ninety eight to two thousand four. So yeah, okay. The feeling I was born it, in eighty two. Where you? The feeling it brings up inside of me, uh, Rashina, is uh, I don't know if you ever heard this phrase, douche chill. <laughs> because that's how I used to feel when I saw it. I was like, oh, I can't believe we're doing this. I feel douchey. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so. Just real quick, and then we'll get back to your story. Mm -hmm. The phrase douche chill mm. doesn't hit you, right? You're not old enough. No. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Huh. It's an urban, it means <laughs> an exclamation calling attention to an embarrassment of someone who has brought ill consequence on themselves. That's how I felt <laughs> for those people when I watched out of the yeah. box. <laughs> I think it's they like, call that, like, cringe now. It yeah. feels cringe. Yeah. yeah. How, old are, how old are you? I'm 40. You're 10 years younger than me? And that, I is, boy, so. I find that incredibly interesting. <laughs> okay. So you, uh, I guess we're going to get to this part, right? You're in Canada, so you, you get yeah. type 1 diabetes. Do they give you insulin from 1980 or do they give you insulin from Absolutely. today? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, at the ER, and our diagnosis was like, or his diagnosis was, we were in the ER for a total of four hours. We did not stay overnight. We didn't have any big intense. It was, he walked in, he walked out and with a bag of supplies where it was like, here, go keep your child alive. I was like, oh, okay, I'll try. <laughs> and we got NPH and Humalog to start. And we were told how many carbs to eat per meal. And we had a sliding scale and a little, we had this little card. It was like, if, if his blood sugar is above this, add this much. If it's below this, add take away this much or mm -hmm. whatever. And, and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I found it pretty useless. How long did you do it before you push back? Oh, a few weeks. Um, I started, I started listening to the podcast really early. Like literally, um, there was a teacher at my kid's school whose stepson is type one and somebody I know whose husband was type one. And within the first couple of weeks, they had both reached out to me and said, you got to listen to the juice box. And I said, like, oh, okay. And I started listening to a few things and hearing about carb ratios and stuff. I was like, well, well, yeah, like that makes sense. Can I have one of those, please? <laughs> so we were, we were doing everything virtually because of COVID also. So I'm emailing the team being like, can you teach us a carb ratio, please? They're like, well, I don't know. It's a pretty complex thing. And I'm like, no, like my husband and I are pretty smart. We know what a ratio is. I know how to carb count. I had fry, way prior to all this, probably like 2019, 2021, 21, I put myself on a keto diet and I was like strict, strict about it. Mm -hmm. So like 
I knew how to count carbs. That wasn't, I already knew how many grams of carbs were in an apple or a handful of blueberries or whatever else. Like I just knew that stuff. I don't need this sliding scale. This is useless to me, but we got, we got the carb ratio a few weeks in and that definitely helped. Can I ask that they really said it was complicated? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, I don't know. I think that's one of my themes. I, I, I shouldn't put words in their mouth. I don't, I can't remember if they actually use the word complicated or not, but my husband and I have felt from the get go that like, they're always sort of holding back what they want to give you and teach you because they don't know if you have the capacity for it. And I, I kind of, I get it because they're dealing with people from all areas of life, but I wish there was a way for them to look at certain people and be like, Oh, we could probably speed this up for you guys because we were ready for that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I know I've talked about this, but I don't, yeah, know, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I sound, um, I don't, I don't know. Like, am I, do I sound erudite when I say this, but I mean, is it really that hard to count carbs? Like it's on the package. I mean, I guess it's just like one more thing on top of everything else. Maybe they're just trying not to overwhelm you, but how, how early into his diagnosis was it when you were asking and they were like, uh, uh, maybe two or three weeks. I can't remember. We okay. like we had to push them to get a carb ratio. Hmm. I have an episode, you, you know, could, where you could make your own. Yeah, I hadn't gotten there yet. I guess, <laughs> Sorry, you know? it just went out a couple weeks ago. I apologize, Rasheen, for not making the podcast fast enough for you. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't there for me when I needed it. I really, yeah, I really exactly. did let you down. I apologize. Um, well, it's interesting. So you got it from them, and you had to. You basically had to vouch for it to make you take a ten like a 10 question IQ quiz just real quick, or did they just give in and let you do it? No, they, well, it was, we were doing this all on zoom call. And so they're sort of, they start explaining it to us. And I was like, yeah, I get it. 30 grams of carbs, one to 15, he gets two units. I got it. And they were sort of like, Oh, okay. You know, like we demonstrated pretty quickly that like we could do this. So I think once they sort of realized that they were happy enough to go through it with us, but I don't know. It's just, I felt like they were like gatekeeping a lot at the beginning. Yeah. Did you hear anyone yell over their shoulder? Oh, we got a smart one here or something like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm sure people yeah. in Canada don't talk like that. So, um, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, okay. So you got to that and that made it easier for you, I would imagine. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Was he not honeymooning at all looking back? Um, I don't think he ever had what I see some people call their honeymoon. Like for, for him, his honeymoon was more, in my opinion, like cyclical. Like we would just, he always, he needed insulin for every carb from the get go. Like that was just the way it was. Um, but then every so often, and it was more frequent at first and, you know, less frequent as we've gone through the year, he has these days where it's like, oh, your pancreas is working today. And we have a little joke. We'll just be like, oh, Mr. Pancreas turned on today, mm -hmm. I guess. Guess we'll just be careful today and maybe we'll go for ice cream later, you know? <laughs> this is our day. We're going out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll just watch the CGM and see what happens. And at first it would be like, you know, every couple of weeks he might have two to four days like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then it was every four weeks, then every six weeks. And now the last time I can remember this happening was the beginning of December. He had it was maybe not even 24 hours, but just where we just could not keep his levels up and he wasn't sick and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, running a marathon. He wasn't doing anything spectacularly different. It was just like every time he'd eat blood sugar would go up and hit maybe like, um, 
and I have a conversion table here, his blood sugar might hit like a 140. Yeah. And then without insulin, come right back down on his own and he'd start going low and we'd have to give him more. Mm. And do you find that a lot of uh, celiac friendly foods are higher in carbs? Well, see, that's the interesting thing. I see people talk about that all the time, but he had his di- his celiac diagnosis two years before type 1 diabetes. So I have no experience bolusing for wheat and gluten-full foods. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the difference is. Do you have any trouble bolusing for them now? I don't think so. Like I see, I, I see people all the time say it's harder, but I don't know anything different. Maybe it is harder. I don't know how he would, his blood sugar would react with wheat. Mm-hmm. So... I can't really say if it's harder or the same or sure. easier or whatever. And but I, I I don't find it an issue. Like I don't think the gluten free is an issue. Good, good. No, that's great. Do you do you not use a lot of prepackaged gluten free foods? I wouldn't say we don't use a lot. We we do like he eats chips and we have a gluten free pizza we buy from Costco. He likes and mm. granola bars and gluten free Oreos. Like he has all those things, but all. Like we're a moderation family and we were like that before type one diabetes came into our lives. So, you know, he might get one or two Oreos, not a whole sleeve, right? I, I am embarrassed, but that Costco pizza, it's in the green and white box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is it's good, really good. It? Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> Everyone I've served it to likes it. It's a it's still frozen pizza, but it's somehow I don't it's know. Decent. It's enjoyable. Yeah. It might make yeah. in my mind not as pizza, but for whatever it is, if if you gave it its own food category, I, I like you it. You call it a flatbread or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, I, I am a little embarrassed. You said the Costco pizza. I was like, oh, I know that pizza. <laughs> Every everybody likes it. Everybody likes this gluten free pizza. Yeah, you're so nice. I I felt so silly <laughs> saying it for no. some reason. Oh my god. Okay, so and he's MDI still. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, which See, is like another bone I have to pick with the medical system. <laughs> Because we want a pump. We've wanted a pump since like two months in. But the way it works here is the government will help, will cover the pump for us. But you have to be MDI for a year. So that's great. But, you know, his diagnosis date has passed and he's still MDI and he's on a pump start wait list. And we only got put on the pump start wait list after we passed a little test in October, November. And we could have passed that test last spring so why didn't they give us the test last spring and then we could be on a pump by now and did you ask did you ask to do it earlier and they told you no or just you just went with the oh we we've been saying since you know after the initial diagnosis shock you know Mm -hmm. maybe the first couple months we've been saying we want a pump we want a pump as soon as possible please get us a pump we want a pump what do we have to do to get a pump they said wait a year and then uh, on the magical year date they were like okay now get in a line basically yeah. yeah yeah exactly but first smarty pants you have to pass this test what was on that uh, test by the way it was it was like what is a carbohydrate why do you have to cover carbohydrates with insulin how many <laughs> carbs are in a, a slice of bread that your child eats yeah it was just like if i did, i feel like if i didn't know that stuff i would have killed him by now mm. You ever wonder you know, why so. the uh, why society doesn't lunge forward constantly? You know how you're always like, why do things take so long? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's one of your answers. You said something in an, it was an early episode, because like I sort of started at the beginning about, it was like speed limits on roads. And it was like, yeah, like most of us could could drive a lot faster and be fine. But because there's some people who can't, we got to 
we got to slow it down for everyone. We all do this. And yeah. that, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm laughing because maybe someone couldn't pass the test about carbohydrates and everything. But I, I, I guess I'm laughing more because it's the expectation. Like, wh- why do we set our expectations so low? You know, you know, like, 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 imagine somewhere somebody got down, they sat in a room, they're like, we have to come up with a test to make sure that it's okay for people to go from MDI to pumping. Now, let's yeah. let, let go of the idea that that's probably not necessary, but okay. Somebody's decided they have to make a test, and then that ends up being the test. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, you're sitting there looking at it thinking, this is an incredible waste of time and effort. Yes, yes, I 100% did. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm, I don't know. Put me in charge. I'll fix some yeah. things. <laughs> fix fix everything. On yeah. my first day as king, I will take away the test to get the, uh, well, I will at least make it valuable so that when you answer the question, I can tell if you'd be able to use a pump or not. Sure. Yeah. Talk about like basal rates or something and be like, do they, do they understand this concept? But mm. no. <laughs> a whole <laughs> year with diabetes and, and MDI. Mm-hmm. How, how would you not understand what a carb does and how to, you've been doing it already? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, can I say something pompous? Why not? Right? Go for it. Yeah. There are days when I wonder why I'm successful. And then there are days when I think I'm not really beating out many people. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I, I feel bad. Like I sent my son off into the world and he was like, do you have any like words of wisdom here? And I said, yeah, you've probably already got like 80% of the people beat just, you know, yeah. Go. I'm like, you'll get in a room with 10 people and you'll, you'll realize like some people don't care. Some people don't try. Some people don't, I don't even think it's because they don't have it in them. Like sometimes like everybody's, mm-hmm. some people are just content. Like that's how that list makes me feel like that, that test. Like somebody sat down and went, uh, diabetes, carbs, <laughs> yeah. insulin, yeah. You, you know, ask those questions. And, and exactly. I did the thing. I made the test like I was supposed to. And now God knows how many years later and how many people they've tortured with that stupid test to get somebody. Well, yeah, it felt really old fashioned, really old fashioned. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Everyone keep not trying. I enjoy doing well. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like it takes a little easier. Yeah. Listen, if four of you tried harder, I might be done. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't think I'm so special. I'm just working hard. Like just yeah, I I don't know. Like just, just oh my, it's frustrating. You're like, why are we talking about this? But I'm very frustrated. No, I, no. I think I, this is how I felt for a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because my mom's in the hospital right now. Oh, and, sorry. And you no, I appreciate that. Uh, but as you're going through and working through the problems, you recognize that if you don't help, they're yeah. going to follow some bullet list, and she'll either be okay or she won't. And they're not going to oh, try yeah. very hard, you know. You ha- you have to advocate. Mm. You have to like if having having a child with medical conditions has made me learn anything. It's you have to advocate. The other thing is, I I was going to bring this up too. I want to know if you've ever heard of this. David actually had a couple major seizures before he was diagnosed with anything autoimmune, hmm. and like it, he was at four years old and at five years old, and then the celiac came at seven. Obviously, he had celiac before then. We just didn't know. But I can, you know, there's something in my brain. I can't help but wonder if those seizures were related to upcoming autoimmune problems because the doctors could never find a reason for them. Did he experience any memory loss after them? 
No, no, I wouldn't say so. Like he couldn't remember the actual period of the seizure, but he remembered just before and just after. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, being perfectly honest with you, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I just wasn't sure if that's something you'd heard people say before or Did it whatever. mimic like a blood sugar low or was it something more I don't, neurologic? Like, I assume they checked his blood sugar levels, but this was way before diabetes was part of our life. So like both times we took him to the ER, obviously, um, and they ran whatever tests they run and he had MRI and uh, EEGs and, all, you know, all kinds of things and no, no discernible cause ever found. But like. I don't know. I don't have that. I I don't know any other kids who had grand mal seizures at four or five and two autoimmune diseases at seven, uh, five and seven. Yeah. I so, heard about one little girl that couldn't walk once, but that's, that's the only part of the story. Yeah. I mean. That's yeah, a yeah. different story. And it was pretty funny. <laughs> no, I wish I would. It's pretty. I love that your family just turned that into like, like a fun tale about the time the baby couldn't walk. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I don't think it was fun at the time. No, I, but no, like, no. To my parents' credit, I think they were very upset at the time. But, you know, 20 years later, they were able to laugh about it. <laughs> Are your parents, your first your first generation, so your parents weren't born in... Were, they were both born in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. So this happened to you yeah. in Ireland? Yes. They yes. probably just picked you up and they were like, this one's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so funny. You're telling a story from like the 70s and 80s and I'm acting like it's 1800. <laughs> yes. No, no, they they had hospitals and everything. <laughs> I apologize. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> give me a second. <laughs> I made myself laugh, and, and whatever's <laughs> left from my COVID from nine months ago is still in the, in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to something for a second because I'm still, sure. I'm still irritated, and if I don't let it go, we won't be able to move forward. All right. What does it mean to advocate for yourself? I googled this. Self-advocacy mm. means you are able to tell people about your thoughts and feelings. You are able to ask for what you need and want. You know yeah. your rights and you speak up for your rights. You are yeah. able to make choices and decisions that affect your life and take responsibility for the choices you make. All I hear when I read that is the people you're going to intersect may very well not do the things they're supposed to do. So you're going to have to make them. Am I wrong? Yeah. Or is that no? It- I think you're right, okay. I, but I do think a lot of it comes down to, uh, at least here, like the hospital staff being overworked. Like the backlogs are just really intense. Everybody has too many patients and not enough time, and all of that kind of stuff. So, and like funding just gets cut year by year. It's like, oh, let's see where we can chisel off a little bit more, you know, and you're constantly asked to do more with less so if you're it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease if you're not the one calling and emailing and asking the questions and pushing the deadlines and blah 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 then you're the one who just sort of sits at the bottom of the wait list for things see i hear you and i agree and yet Mm -hmm. what i think is if i took my car to have new tires put on it and mm. there was a really long line, and they gave me the car back without all the lug nuts on it. Would I go? Oh my god, they're very overworked. Like, like no, yeah. but we don't like we don't pay for healthcare here, right? Like that's not coming out of my pocket. Mm, yeah. Like whereas <laughs> if I go to a mechanic, I'm handing them a thousand dollars. Somebody's paying so, them though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I know. And our yeah. taxes are high, and all of that, and we do 
you know, you try to get your voice voice heard through your political decisions and that kind of thing, but yeah, you're not signing the paycheck. I think I'm more upset with people and their, their lack of desire in their chosen professions sometimes. And mm. I don't just mean medical. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place today, but like I'm picturing some guy tending his herd of cattle in South America with a stick. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, try harder. You know what I mean? Like, like the, we've modernized everything to the point where where the things we complain about are are sometimes interesting and and mm. pe- people i know i know everybody's not doing what they want but i don't know like i'll put it on myself for a second i had a lot of jobs i didn't want and mm-hmm. i and i got paid crap for them like honestly like i made four dollars and fifty cents an hour to work in a sheet metal shop i if, right. any, if anybody thinks i i I sprung out of my car and bounced to the door every morning for that job, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. But, uh, it, it wasn't a lot of fun. I wasn't compensated enough to even live barely. It was absolutely no fun. I got injured all the time, and we still went in there and worked our asses off every day. And mm-hmm. and we were understaffed and underpaid, and it was an unsafe work environment, and I never would have thought to say any of those things to anybody. I just went there. Mm. I did that job. And in my mind, I thought I'm going to do this, but I don't want to do this forever. So I'm going to find a way to do something else. Right. You know, and I, I don't, I don't know. No one ever gave me a job or offered me a job or helped me. I just, I kept clawing my way up a, a rickety ladder. And yeah. And then I hear like, I don't know. I have to advocate. No, I, I hear myself. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so pissed. I don't know why. How did you make me upset, Machine? <laughs> I'm sorry. That wasn't my intent. <laughs> All right. I'm going to let it go because it's unfair to you. But everybody work harder there. That's it. Or just okay, there we go. Fucking care a little bit once in a while. You know what I mean? Like if somebody comes in and says something to you, like, I know you're busy, but try to see them for their problem. They're there for help. Yeah. And you're and you're yeah. and you're representing yourself as someone who's going to help them. So help them. Mm-hmm. Or don't mm-hmm. then quit. Leave. You know, like just take I have sh- to say, like, in their defense, everyone we've dealt with has been really nice. Like <laughs> I'm you sure know, they were. <laughs> you know, like, I, I haven't actually encountered anyone who's like a straight up jerk or has given me bad info necessarily or whatever. It's just yeah, just the gatekeeping and the slowdowns, and that's that's the part that drives me nuts. I know you didn't say any of the things I said. By the way, <laughs> I'm not putting for the on record. You. Yeah, for the record, <laughs> I'm not putting any of that on you. You just got me upset because yeah. because yeah. I'm watching people like I I don't know. I feel like at this point I'm talking to people who are representing themselves in my mother's situation, for example, as learned yeah. people, and the response you get back from them is just borderline. Nah, I don't know. Like, it, it's seriously right. it, it might be this okay do you need me to guess yeah. if it's that like 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 why don't <laughs> I you get on google for you <laughs> yeah why don't you tell me what you think it might be yeah. well well hmm, no answer no ideas you want to try something yeah. Yeah. okay all right. Well, should we just go hit her with a shovel? Like, like I mean, like what is it? Like, <laughs> like, like seriously? Like, are you going to help her, or are we all just going to make noises until you can move her on to somebody else, make her somebody else's problem? Mm, and anyway, that's, that's tough. I, I, by the way, I generally speaking have a lot more hope for people than I sound like I do right now. <laughs> but um, I'm pissed. All right, you well, must. I don't think you'd have this podcast if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, but somebody's got to say it once in a while, right? Like, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Just do something. I don't know. 
All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm looking through your list, looking for something that won't make me upset. <laughs> what What else did you want to talk about? I'm going to ask you. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop involving myself in it. Um, I think the only other thing, like that, I really found challenging, and that so much of the support groups and stuff, including your your own, your Facebook group, it's uh, it's American, which makes sense. You guys have a lot of people, but then here in Canada, or at least in Ontario, we don't have school nurses. Yeah. So the whole school piece of the puzzle for young diabetics is just like, it's a totally different story. Like I, I see people be- like, I'm so mad at my nurse. She gave my son his injection five minutes too late and his blood sugar showed up. And I'm like, you have someone to give your kid a shot. That's amazing. <laughs> like, wish I had that, <laughs> you know, he's, he's self-injecting at school this year. At, at diagnosis, we were offered NPH because they don't have people to give shots at schools. So that's why all the kids here are be, being given the 1970s insulin because there's no one to go give them a shot for lunch. Mm, mm, yeah, I, I had a lot of conversations before I figured that out. Like I kept yeah. thinking, like, why are they doing this in Canada? And then it hit me. They want them to get through the day without needing help. Exactly. Yeah. But we hate, like, I hated MPH. He was on it for a few months until I like learned and demanded something else. And he would just have to be, his blood sugar levels would have to be so high not to crash once the peak came in. Mm-hmm. Like he'd have to be up at like, uh, look at my chart, somewhere around like a 220 or something. Because if not, the MPH would start peaking and he'd be, he'd be down at, 50 yeah in no time flat you know what i mean so unfortunately there's a lot of little kids in ontario i can't speak to other provinces who i mean maybe the mph everybody's different maybe it works better for some people but who are just riding at these high levels all day long just so that they don't crash when the mph hits yeah that yeah it really pissed me off i bet it would have made me upset as well are you using a cgm i'm sorry i forget yeah, he's got a Dexcom. He's got a Dexcom. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing it coming, and then how does he handle it? Does he contact you? Well, we have sort of a set, you know, he has a set meal times. <laughs> it's kind of an annoying schedule they have uh, in the school board here. They call it a balanced day. They don't have they don't have a lunch per se. They have two equal meals throughout the day. So he has he goes to school for eight thirty in the morning. He has gym for forty minutes. Then he has class for a bit. Then he gets a shot at 10.15, eats at 10.30, has 25 minutes of recess after that, then more class, then a shot at 1 p.m., eats at 1.15, recess again after that, and then more class, and then he's done at 3. So it's just like physical activity and insulin and carbs all day long. Yeah. Look you know how, what I mean? Look at how well you know his schedule. I don't miss that. I don't miss that. No, oh, yeah, days. yeah, oh. yeah. You have to, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I just I can remember walking around being like, "Well, at one o'clock, this is going to happen." She's doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and and I'll really have to just pay attention for the next forty five minutes because this is the end of gym class. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. You know, oh God. Yeah, I don't miss that at all. Yeah. No, it's a uh, it. Well, that's it. The mental toll of all that. Like this, I people because I like I said, I'm a stay at home parent. And people are like, "What do you do all day?" Like I'm, I'm a pancreas. <laughs> That's what I do all day. Like I, I, I did it uh, in person, and now I know how to do it virtually. <laughs> so put yeah, that, yeah, put, exactly. put that on your resume. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's taxing for sure. You, he has a phone and we text. I got that idea from you. Like, you know, we just text all day long. If I see him going a little too low, he has a phone and a tube of glucose tabs in a belt around his waist. And, you know, if I think he's going too low, I'll call him to have one of those. He obviously has snacks and stuff in the classroom too. Mm-hmm. But uh, just so he has something on his person that he can just quickly take something and keep focusing on school. Yeah. Well, that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that that's what worked for us. You know, constant, uh, constant's the wrong word. Like immediate access to contact is is yes. really is really what I mean. We weren't constantly; we were barely co- connected to each other throughout the day. But when you needed to mm-hmm. be, when you needed to be, there was no pause, or and you didn't have to wait exactly. You didn't have to wait for another person, and that was exactly was always yeah. a big deal. Yes, because last year we did it. I mean, then he was young. He was in grade two when he was diagnosed. Last year we did it more through the school office. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you got to call the school office every time your kid needs a dex tab. We, we call them dex tabs, dextrose tabs. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, a pain <laughs> for everyone involved. <laughs> so it's a lot better this year. I'm glad that you cleared up that they're dex, dextrose tabs because like, I'd be like, are these people just putting Dex in front of everything? Because they love the Dexcom so much. This is our Dex dog. No. <laughs> it's our Dex no, exactly. Car. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, a brand, a brand of uh, tablets here called Dex Four, and so that's that's what we use. I see. Does he hate them? Like them? No, he loves them. Oh. <laughs> He'll bet he will ask for them sometimes. He was at soccer last night, and he needed a couple. And then he's like, can I have one more? I was like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> this is because you need it. It's not just for a tree. <laughs> yeah, weird little kid. Stop it. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, we got him hot chocolate flavored ones recently. He loves those. Seriously? Yeah. 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 There's all kinds of great flavors now. I'm going to look this up. Is that a Canadian thing or is that everywhere? Yeah, it's called Dex 4 and it was hot chocolate flavor. It might have even been chocolate and marshmallow. I can't remember. Chocolate marshmallow tablets. There you go. See, this is what I'm talking about. Somebody at this company's working hard, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, People are up. sick of the fruit punch flavor. They yeah. need something else. <laughs> they got up one day and there was like, I bet you I could make these things taste like chocolate and marshmallows. Let's try harder, boys or girls. By the way, everyone <laughs> everyone works there. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like, oh, all right. See, see how much happier that made me to think that there's someone. There you go. The I'm so work. glad I was able to say something that made you happy. <laughs> you said that, and I'm like, there, someone's trying. That's a good thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I'm. I was like earlier this close to a rabbit hole about you know 100 years ago what people had to do to stay alive. And I'm like, what am I doing? Yes. Sorry. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So. First of all, I appreciate you doing this and 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 having this conversation and talking about the things you're talking about. I do have a question mm-hmm. going back to the celiac. Sure. And I felt like I got away from it too quickly. You may have heard last year someone get very upset with me <laughs> when mm. I I was talking to a gentleman whose child had uh, recently been diagnosed with celiac. Uh, already yeah. already had type 1 and the father was really in the middle of a morning for what the kid couldn't eat anymore and um he got fixated on like what if my my child goes to a a birthday party and they can't have like a cupcake Mm -hmm. and and i said it's like is this a real problem like is your kid always at birthday parties like you know what i mean like yes and i and a few times a year (laughs) right and the child by the way you know has celiac but doesn't Mm -hmm. have any physical signs of it 
And I, during this conversation, said, well, I don't know, maybe you could just let the kid have a cupcake until you figure the whole thing out. And mm-hmm. uh, I was um, I was approached by a couple of people who said that, you know, celiac is much more, can be much more serious than that. Even if you don't have physical yeah. symptoms, you, it could lead to other very serious problems. And yeah. um, it, I wonder how much that's in your head that even if you Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like what, all the time. Like I said, my mom's celiac too, and she has been for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not new for me. But yeah, we're very careful about cross-contamination and stuff. I don't, he doesn't ever get like a pass from celiac. I mean, the difference with David is he gets very sick if he eats it. Okay. So he doesn't want to, you know, if he went and had a slice of regular pizza, he'd be sick all night. So just that, that that doesn't appeal to him. (laughs) Sick, sick, um, pain, stomach, bathroom. Yeah. Pain, pain and pain and bowel movements. Yeah. Mm. Not nausea. I know some people get like a nausea component. He hasn't gotten that. He says it feels like somebody has been punching him in the gut. Do they, do they warn you? Do they warn you that not adhering to the diet could lead to other issues? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's various conditions and cancers and all kinds of scary things. I actually met a woman this past summer who she was only diagnosed celiac recently. um, And she was probably around my age, maybe a little younger, like 37, 38. And she had struggled to conceive for years and worked with fertility doctors and all kinds of things. And then she finally had a doctor check her for celiac disease and she was positive and switched to a gluten-free diet. And a year later she was able to get pregnant naturally. And like, you know, I know that's an anecdote, but she firmly believed and, this doctor firmly believed that it really affected her fertility. Yeah. Just all that inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a word that just gets thrown around all over the place, but I mean, it, it really does seem like it's the core of what's wrong with a lot of people that I speak to yes. in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And then you look back all those, like, you know, such a long time ago, like steroids were in, were invented and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you get a steroid pack when you're, you know, I don't know, you, you're Ill, you have an illness or something like that. They were invented so long ago. I read this thing. I wish I knew where about prednisone. Uh, but back when it was invented, they thought they had, they thought they had just cured everything that was wrong with people. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't until obviously they found out that, you know, taking it for extended periods of time causes different problems. But that whole yeah. idea is that back in the, I think in the thirties, right there. I mean, the person won a, a Nobel prize for it. Oh, excuse me. Cortisone was identified in the thirties. Prednisone was developed in the fifties. Okay. And yeah, yeah, they, they talked about back then. They, they thought they, had, they, they had cured what ill people. Mm-hmm. They were so excited about it. And you know, it's all about inflammation and it's just, I don't know. It's, it sucks. It causes everything. Yeah. 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 It sucks. It, it, listen, it made your little baby legs not work for a while. And there you know, we go. Exactly. Yeah, and, and all this other stuff, your son's stomach to hurt. If what, if he has a, you know, if little- we use like a toaster, like that has had wheat bread in it and we put a piece of gluten-free bread in it, he will feel sick. He'll, wow. he'll hurt afterwards. That's amazing. And it's happened yeah. by mistake. So it's not, you know. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. Know. It has, you know, like that. The hardest part of celiac is eating out or eating at other people's homes. At home, it like, it honestly barely bothers me. 
because I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But, you know, even if you go to a very well-meaning family member's home and they've made a gluten-free dinner for you, maybe they don't know that somebody scooped some of the butter out with a knife that had been used to spread on a piece of gluten bread. Sure. And they've gone and put that in the mashed potatoes now. And now you eat the mashed potatoes and you feel sick. Mm. God, that's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy, yeah. but it is, you know? Wow. Yeah. So that that's the hard, to me, that's the hardest part of celiac. And I see some people, especially I find people who get the celiac diagnosis after diabetes, mm-hmm. like when they've sort of already got diabetes managed and then they get the celiac disease diagnosis. They, a lot of people say if they could cure one, they'd pick celiac over diabetes. Fascinating how often people don't pick diabetes when they have multiple issues, actually. Yeah. I would pick diabetes in a heartbeat. Yeah. I just, like, I, I always say celiacs never kept me up at night. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I can yeah. sleep as long as we stay gluten free. I was uh, exactly. editing an episode I just made with someone who has MS and connective mm. tissue disorder and all these other things. And I asked, like, you know, which one? And, but the boy, it didn't take her long. She's like the connective tissue disorder. I, I'd, like to really? get, I'd like to get rid of that. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, it's just, I love those different perspectives like people yeah 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 people who have real perspective about things who are able to i don't know you even have it like you're you're measured were you measured like this before all this started happening do you know what i mean what do you by mean that measured? you're a no you're you're an even thinker speaker you haven't gotten too high or too low while we're talking mm. you're pacing, yeah probably you're that's, that's just yourself. my nature yeah. yeah yeah you're paced like you're not you haven't gotten excited i i just edited one the other day that I mean, the introduction for it might be, hi, this is me and this other person. You won't hear me again till the end. And, okay. I, and I tried a couple of times and I, I couldn't stop her. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I really felt like I was running backwards, holding onto a bull's head. And the person was making sense and like coherent and thoughtful, but just like shot out of a cannon. And right, right. Yeah, yeah. you're just like you're talking about upsetting things and you're at this level. I got upset and you stayed at this level. <laughs> like, it's really, um, I, I didn't know if, if you got brought to this. Yeah, point. I guess I'm not a very emotional person. No. <laughs> well, that's the Irish thing, right? No? Not externally, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> am I am I generalizing or is everyone in your family no, you a little? you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you might be right. Well, I've got, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone on the spot. Some people are more emotional than others in my family. <laughs> <laughs> I joke about my wife all the time. Like, I'm just like. I'm upset about something. And she's like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, you said a minute ago about the, Mm. you know, the hardest part about celiac. What's the hardest Mm -hmm. part about type one? Ooh, I mean, I hate the injections. I absolutely like a year of MDI when you're trying to have tight control. Like my poor kid, his little arms are full of bruises I hate, I hate every time I feel a needle pierce his skin, you know, mm. I just, something inside me breaks every time I feel that. Yeah. I don't know. I guess just the worry, the constant worry that like a high or low, not, you know, not so much a high. I don't like highs obviously, but if he's high for a few hours when he's away from me, we'll deal with it. But the, that he could just have this medical low emergency without me there to take care of it. Just, yeah. It just breaks my heart. Yeah. It's frightening. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, and he, oh, he he just has for him. It's the activity lows. Like if we just kept them inside all day, it's not too bad. But 
he's he's really good at sports and he loves to play sports and I love that about him. But he just he could be running around. I look at my list again. He could be like at like a fifty four and sprinting around the school. And, and I'm like, I'll call him. I'll be like, David, you need to chill. And he's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> like, you have to right now sit down and put one of your hot chocolate deck stabs in your mouth and chill for a minute, you know? Yeah. I mean, anyone that hears you talk can't, I don't know how you could not be sad. Like, basically what you've said is because of these two issues, if we just stayed in our house and didn't move around very much, everything would be fine. Yeah, but I I don't want you to think we live that way. No, I really don't. I don't. I don't hear that you do. No, 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 Uh, not at all. But but no, there is a part of me that wishes I could put him in a bubble, and just take care of him forever. But like, I know that's my issue, not his. Yeah. So I have to like put myself outside the bubble, and you know, he does. He does soccer. He does ice skating. Uh, We travel. We go to Florida every year. We're hopefully going to do a Europe trip this year. We paddleboard all summer long. Like we don't, we don't keep them in a bubble, even though probably if I really, it it would make my life easier if I could. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, no, I hear you. Obviously you're not going to live that way. Um, Yeah. But somebody ends up doing it, you know? Yeah. That's sad. Someone ends up getting overwhelmed and thinking, if I just limit all of these, these exterior issues, I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be okay. And then they, they end up doing that. So, yeah, you can sort of see how like someone with bad anxiety or whatever would go down that path and it could be really dark. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, all I'm left is to ask you if you can access your, your old way of speaking and the, Oh gosh, no, <laughs> you, can't, you can't though. Right. You sound so like, your 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 um your accent is so vanilla. Like I don't even know how to like put yeah. it somewhere. Like you know what I mean. Like I don't know that you're Canadian. Well, that's what I think Canadians sound like. At least Ontario Ontarioans. I guess I should say urban Ontarioans. I think the rural ones can have a bit of a twang or something. But I find the Ontario accent really pretty flat. Yeah, it's great. Uh, listen, I liked it. I'm just saying that uh, I missed the. The things that usually happen when I talk to people from Canada, you know, like (laughs) maybe it's because my parents are Irish. I I don't don't know. know. Maybe like I haven't quite as like absorbed as much of the Canadianisms. I don't know. You didn't draw out an A or anything. You know, no, (laughs) (laughs) you didn't say yeah at the end of one sentence, not of one sentence. It's a bit of a letdown (laughs) machine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Is that a thing we do? A yeah? It's the ah, like oh, oh, or yeah, like after it's like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Canada, like that. Hey, at the end of like, oh, okay, you, okay. you don't yeah. hear it. Look at you, Ontario. <laughs> so special. <laughs> all right, yep, that's me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, all right, is there anything we didn't talk about we should have? Uh, no, I think I think it's good. Did I let you down by losing my mind in the middle, or were you okay? No, it's okay. I, I fully expected a Scott rant at some point. <laughs> appreciate it. I just, I really do appreciate that. Thank you. I felt, <laughs> I feel very seen by that com- that comment from you. <laughs> there you go. Appreciate it so much. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, hold on one second for me, okay? Sure. Thanks right. a lot. Yeah. Huge thanks to Rasheen for coming on the store. Coming on the store. What is that? show podcast what was i gonna say 
Huge thanks to Rasheen for coming on the podcast and sharing her story. Was I sharing? Maybe I was saying share before. But who knows? I also want to thank Omnipod, the makers of the Omnipod Dash and Omnipod 5, and remind you that at my link, omnipod.com forward slash juicebox, all can be completed. We're also going to thank the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. Arden's been using a Contour meter forever and ever. I actually just changed a battery on hers the other day so that she could go off to college with a brand new battery in her Contour meter. Contournext.com forward slash Juicebox. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. A diabetes diagnosis comes with a lot of new terminology, and that's why I've created the Defining Diabetes series. These are short episodes where Jenny Smith and I go over all of the terms that you're going to hear living with diabetes, and some of them that you might not hear every day. From the very simple bolus up to feet on the floor. Don't know the difference between hypo and hyper? We'll explain it to you. These are short episodes. They are not boring. They're fun. And they're informative. It's not just us reading to you out of the dictionary. We take the time to chat about all of these different words. Maybe you don't know what a Kussmaul respiration is. You will when you're done. Ever heard of a glycemic index and load? Haven't? Doesn't matter. You'll know after you listen to the Defining Diabetes series. Now, how do you find it? You go to juiceboxpodcast.com, up top to the menu, and click on Defining Diabetes. You'll be able to listen right there in your browser, or you'll see the full list of the episodes and be able to go into an audio app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and listen to them at your pace. Download them into your phone and listen when you can. The Defining Diabetes series is made up of 51 short episodes that will fast forward your knowledge of diabetes terminology.